Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. This week, I want to set the scene for you before, uh, before Brenda shares the reading with us. Last week, we heard about the Great Commission, Jesus telling the disciples to, to go make, or Jesus telling the disciples to go make disciples. And we remember that that, that verb tense in Greek, which we don't have in English, is about the, the whole story, the whole action. So go with your whole life. Make disciples with your whole life. And he said, go make disciples of all nations. And that's our focus today. Hang on just, hang on just a minute. That we have the slide in the wrong spot. So go make disciples of all nations. And we're going to f- focus on... Okay, I don't know what's happening here. Yep. Okay, that's where it should be, right there. So we're focusing on the all nations. So for the folks that, you know, those first disciples, they were all Israelites. So they, they thought of their nation as a country like we do. But it was also people of the same ethnicity. They were all Hebrew. They all spoke the same language. They spoke Hebrew. They all had the same religion. So being sent to all nations meant other countries, but it also meant other ethnicities, people who speak different languages, people who have different worldviews, who have different ideologies. And those disciples did. They went in the entirety of their lives and they made disciples with the entirety of their lives. And the book of Acts is that story of what those disciples did. The book of Acts begins right after that great commission. And the disciples go out. And God challenges them. Takes them to people who are different. To the Samaritans who were nearby but frankly looked down on. God sent them to make disciples of of a fellow who was the epitome of those people, the Ethiopian eunuch, sent them to make disciples of someone who persecuted them, who arrested and executed Christians, Saul, who we now call Paul. And in this, what we're going to hear this morning is Acts chapter 10. God is saying, I really, really want you to make disciples of Gentiles. Gentiles are non-Jews. They didn't keep kosher. They, didn't, they weren't circumcised. And we're going to hear an exchange between Cornelius, who was, a, who was a Gentile, a Roman, and Peter, the Peter, you know, who was uh, the disciple of Jesus, um, and how God is uh, bringing them together. And so, in Acts chapter 10, this is a painting of, uh, I think it's in the 16th century, of the angel appearing to Cornelius. So in Caesarea, Cornelius, who was a centurion, a centurion was a Roman military leader who oversaw a hundred soldiers. We hear that he was a devout man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to people, and prayed constantly. So not a Jew, but yet God had gotten a hold of him. There was something compelling One afternoon, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision of an angel of God coming in and saying, Cornelius, he stared at him in terror, 
and said, What is it, Lord? And the angel answered, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa for Peter. And that is what Cornelius did. He sent some of his men to Joppa to go get Peter. The next day, Peter is at prayer, about noon, we're told, up on the roof. He became hungry, and Peter had a vision. He saw heaven opened up and something like a large sheet coming down and being lowered to the ground by the four corners. And on it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds. And then he heard a voice saying, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, Peter was a good Jew. He kept kosher. And in kosher, there are clean animals you can eat, and there are unclean animals that you don't eat. And Peter responds, Oh, no, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. He was a good Jew. He didn't do that kind of thing. But on this sheet, there's the clean animals and there's the unclean animals. And the voice says, what God has made clean, you must call profane. And at that moment comes knocking on the door. It's those men from Cornelius saying, come, Come talk, to our, come talk to our master. And Peter did. Peter went with them, and Peter said, he meets Cornelius face to face and says, why have you sent for me? Take a listen. Exchange between Cornelius and Peter. I have a friend who's Danish, And she's in her 80s now, but she was a baby when the Nazis invaded Denmark. And it wasn't until she was six years old that Denmark was liberated. So she spent her early years living under occupation. She understood occupation in a way that I never will, and probably most of us never will. I have never lived in a country that was occupied, and I was the one on the bottom. Occupation is an old military technique to extract resources fundamentally. So that's what the Nazis did. They took the bulk of their agricultural uh, product and left not enough for the Danes. That's what the Romans did when they occupied Judea. They had high taxes. We would call it they took their agricultural product and left barely enough for the local people to survive. And not only that, occupying armies, you know, behave badly. There was one time as a little girl, she saw a group of drunken Nazi soldiers just kind of shooting around randomly, and she ran. So her early years, there was hunger, there was fear, there was living on edge, So when she hears about occupation, the Romans occupying Judea, and she knows in her gut what that is like. Every person in the early church would have understood occupation like my friend. The Romans took, you know, they took resources, and they were brutal. Crucifixion was their preferred method of torture, 
It was very public. It was awful. So when Jesus was telling those disciples to make disciples of all nations, he was not in Cuna, where we live pretty good lives. We don't go hungry. We're not brutalized. Instead, he was saying to people who are in third world countries, go to the first world, go to the people who occupy you, who, who make life miserable and make disciples with them. Tell them the good news of salvation. That's what, that's what Jesus was telling those first disciples about sharing the good news. And they, were, they, they went to make disciples, but I think we can forgive them for not rushing out on this mission. And more than the trauma of occupation, Jews were raised with kosher and with, um, you know, with circumcision that separated Jews from Gentiles, Gentiles being non-Jews. So even if they were occupied, well, you know, we're clean. They're not. God speaks to us, not them. We are in the family of God. They're not. And so the Gentiles were considered unclean, profane. And Peter was raised like that. This Peter that, you know, we hear about, this is the Peter, um, you know, who was the, the first disciple of Jesus. He's the one that Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church. And at this time, he is the leader of the Christian church. He had been taught his whole life to be separate from Gentiles, that it was part of his religious cleanliness that he stay away from Gentiles. You don't eat with them. You don't go in their house. You don't invite them to your house. And then Peter had a vision that made him change this way of thinking he had had his whole life. This is a this is a painting from 1853. I'm maybe No, I'm sorry. It's probably a woodblock. No, it's a painting. I forgot. <laughs> um, of, G- of Peter's vision on the roof. So God was calling Peter to change old, long-lasting ways of thinking. And it took an act of God to get Peter to change. It actually took several acts of God. And God bless Peter, he allowed himself to be changed. Peter had a vision about kosher food. We can see it in this this sheet coming down. And God told him, all food is clean for you. Let those strangers in. Let Gentiles into your house. And he offered them hospitality. And then when they said, come To Cornelius, he went. And then we heard that amazing exchange of Cornelius, what, you know, what Cornelius sharing with Peter what happened, and then Peter saying, I had a vision, and let me tell you about Jesus the Christ. And I want to share with you the rest of the story because it is a short paragraph, and there is so much in it. While Peter was still speaking, that wonderful speech, that wonderful sermon, that Peter, you know, put together, that that Brenda shared with us. While Peter was speaking, 
the Holy Spirit fell upon all who heard the word. God interrupted Peter. God could not wait. God interrupted and poured out the Holy Spirit. And the circumcised believers who were with them were astounded that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. They saw it. They, they, they had the spiritual experience of watching God welcome these folks they had been told to stay away from. Peter got all caught up in God's enthusiasm. And Peter says, can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? God had already poured out God's Holy Spirit, and Peter said, we must celebrate with baptism, and that is what they did. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they invited Peter to stay with them for several days. Every time we baptize, we do the same thing. God has poured out God's Holy Spirit, and we celebrate in baptism. That's the way we understand sacraments. We are celebrating what God has already done. When we celebrate the Lord's Supper this morning and we ask God to pour out Holy Spirit on the bread and the wine and us, it is really a celebration that God has already done it and we are celebrating. God is taking us on a journey. God took Cornelius and Peter on a journey. God took Cornelius from good personal piety to belonging in Christian community. And he took Peter on a journey from good discipling to hospitality to people who were really different. And notice that each had a part Peter had a part and Cornelius had a part. And it was only when they came together did it make sense. And did the belonging happen? And did the welcoming happen? And the, what they went through was a great model. The way that they were together is a great model for us. In their exchange, they both were saying, this is what happened to me. Tell me what happened to you. This morning... We're going to hear from Leela as we ask her, tell us what happened to you. So Leela, you're in the choir. You've been a member of this church a long, long time. I need to get you a mic. <laughs> a very long time. You Yeah, <laughs> something like that. You played piano for 30 years? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't figured out those numbers. Super long time. A super long time till my body started giving out. And yeah. Then... And you made room for others. Yeah. We're blessed. Yes. <laughs> so how did you first hear about Jesus Christ, and what was your initial impression? Well, when I was very little... I have a picture of my brother, myself, and three other little girls sitting on an apartment step. My mother had just been divorced. 
and we lived across from the Christian church there in Nyssa. And we were dressed up to go to Sunday school. And I'm sure that's where I first, first heard about Jesus and his love. So very long time ago. And then my mother married. We landed up moving. We landed up in a country church. It expanded. Uh, and many people came, especially for Sunday school, Bible school, camps, all of those ways were the way I learned about Jesus and his love. Mm-hmm. Did I understand it? Yeah, that took a lot longer, <laughs> right? And I think um, it was after we came here that I realized I hadn't really experienced God's love mm-hmm. or understood it. And um, So I prayed a lot about that, and there were so many people that God had conversations that led to conversations with me, and books. I read a lot, so um, I read a lot about it. I questioned a lot, and um, one day I had this experience where I was praying, and... uh, God said, in a voice that only I could hear, I'm sure, Leela, I love you. He called me by name, and that made a huge difference. And I had, you know, the hairs on my arm stood up because I knew it was confirmation from God. And um, so another book came up. It was called When God Whispers Your Name. I studied that, too. And then uh, later, I started making lists of all the times that God was with me. And I would pack that to school. I would pack it. It was back in the day of day planners. (laughs) And, uh, And you were a teacher. I was a teacher. But sometimes I'd get a call right then and there that, oh, your grandmother just died, or oh. And I would write that down in the list that God was with me here and God was with me there, and God will be with me now from my experience. And um, then there was the time my son decided to take up rodeo, which was not smart. (laughs) (laughs) And I advised him no, you know. In fact, I told him, He was going to win all this money, and I said, well, or you could break your neck, and you could have lots of doctor bills, you know, right over his head. Um, I landed up having to drive to the hospital in Ontario by myself the day he broke his neck. Oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking, God was with me when... And reciting that and knowing that all the people in the church were praying for us and for him. So Rick couldn't go. He had to deliver mail. <laughs> so I was there by myself. And uh, in the waiting room with another gentleman, and I finally I called my mom, and she lived in Nyssa. So she found out about it. 
Um, and then I fell apart, you know. And there was this man whose wife was dying in the ICU who came and comforted me. Mm-hmm. And I think God was with me when? Through that man. Uh, by the way, the doctor, the specialist's name was Dr. Bills. So, you know, he had Dr. Bills. Dr. Bills. Anyway, through it all, God's been there. And uh, he's through music, he's planted lots of songs in my heart and scriptures in my heart. So, that's. So, why do you belong to this church? Um, the cloud of witnesses that came before I was even here, and I'm sure we'll go on after after I'm gone, you know. It, it's a testimony. Um, when Rick and I first came, I realized how many people were actively engaged in the community, how many people were out there um, doing, not just saying, but doing uh, in the community. And one I remember was Jim Allen, who just passed away. Um, He was on the school board. I remember him coming to me and asking, Leela, what do you think about this? He was open to those ideas that a teacher might have. So anyway, I think... God's still working in this church. I still see lots of things going on in this church that makes it viable. So anyway, I've got something in my head, but I don't know if it's yet time to do it. I used to, when I was a child, my mom and dad would drag me to a Bible study and prayer meeting on Wednesday night. Oh, it went on forever, right? And so... um, that idea has not been something I would grasp, but maybe, maybe we need that. Maybe we need that prayer to lift everybody up. And for the healing of our country, the people in our town, and to be open to who's God leading us to. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Leela is available for conversation during fellowship hour, correct? (laughs) So Jesus gave us that great commission to go with the entirety of our lives, to make disciples with the entirety of our lives. And a central role of the church is training. Training us. How do we do that? How do we follow Jesus' commission? The language we use is equipping the saints. Equipping the saints. And today we're talking about equipping the saints to be good evangelists, about sharing the good news. And when I, mean this, when I say the saints so that we're clear, I mean everyone in this room. We are the saints, the, the cloud of witnesses that, that have been here and that will be here. And God showed us how it was done with Cornelius and Peter. It started with spiritual experience, that voice from God that that we have and then we try to make sense of. And then it went to hospitality. Maybe, for, like for Peter, it meant literally going to the home. And for us, maybe it means inviting 
into our home or going to somebody else's. But sometimes the bigger hospitality is making room for people in our lives who are different, who think different than us, who act different than us. And then conversation. This is what happened to me. Tell me what happened to you. The pieces don't come together until that conversation happens. And as we take this training that, we've re- that we are receiving, as we are equipped, as the saints are equipped for this good work, as we follow Jesus' commission to share the good news with everyone, especially people who are different, it changes our church. And our churches, we are here, and at the same time, we are in the midst of becoming as we take that good news. And, and more and more folks belong here. And so our church changes, and we are male and female, and we have all, we have diverse generations. We have young people and teenagers and young adults and young parents and parents of teenagers and empty nesters and retired folks. We have those diverse generations. We've become a community of diversity politically. We have Republicans and Democrats that we are diverse in our orientation. We have straight people and LGBTQ people, that we are diverse racially. CUNA is 15% Hispanic. So when we look forward to the church that we are continuing to become, we look forward to that kind of diversity in our church community. And the bulk of those Hispanic folks speak Spanish, and we look forward to Spanish becoming part of our regular experience. Last week, I challenged us all to use the word God in conversation daily so that we talk about God at least as much as atheists do. This week, I'm going to challenge you as you're talking about God in conversation daily that at least one time it's with someone quite different than you, someone different than you. As you follow that model, this is what happened to me. Tell me what happened to you. Let us pray. Lord God, you call us outside of our comfort zones. You call us to share news that is so good that we become full of excitement and enthusiasm like you did when you interrupted Peter and like Peter did when he saw you pouring out your Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you give us glimpses of pouring out your Holy Spirit and that you let us be part of it. We pray this all in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNA United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.